You're listening to an episode of Legacy After Dark. This is Gail, the Legacy Lady. And in the next clip, if you've looked at the timestamp, it's a bit long. It's an hour. I promise it's well worth the listen. And it is all about mental health, entrepreneurship, relationships, personal stuff. And everybody in um, this episode got pretty real, pretty vulnerable. And I'm so excited to be able to share it to you and have you listen to it on Anchor or the website or wherever you happen to be listening to it. I know it gets pushed out to a couple different platforms. So wherever you happen to be listening to this, if you're interested in joining in on the conversation, you can go find most of the comments are on the Legacy Recorder Facebook page. There'll be a link to that in the description of at a minimum, the anchor post, um, and you'll be able to see that there. So without further ado, again, if you're an anchor, if you want to send me a message with a question, you want to answer one of the questions, I'd love to feature your answer on a future episode. So now without further ado, I present to you Mental Health and More featuring myself, Gail Gilliland, the Legacy Lady, Troy Sandage, Bree Palmer, and Dan Willis. Enjoy listening, and I will see you on the next episode. Some legacy channel somewhere, whether you're hanging out on YouTube, hanging out on Facebook, or some other places that this is going live to. So, um, I'm Gail, the Legacy Lady, and I'm hanging out with Bree. Say hi, Bree. Hi. Dan, say hi. And <laughs> Troy, say hi. Y'all know me. <laughs> so, Troy's been hanging out with me on the Legacy page a couple times, and this you? is really exciting for me because there's, like, more people, and I love more people, and... Um, if you've been hanging out um, on the interwebs for a while, um, this might look a little bit like Blab. And um, Blab is actually the reason I know all of these fine people because I met Jessica Phillips on Blab eons ago and then everything has grown from there. So thank you, Jessica, for being amazing and knowing great people. <laughs> so we are hanging out today. Um, as you can see, if you're looking at the title, Mental Health and More is kind of what our topic is going to be about. We are going to cover a lot of different areas. So if you're popping in and out, um, feel free to be confused and watch the replay later. <laughs> so um, with that, I'm going to throw it over to Troy and he is going to take it away. All right, guys, we're going to have an awesome chat. So mental health, there's a lot to comprise and these amazing selected chosen individuals are going to throw down and i gotta be the hype man so they're gonna throw down i have had very intimate conversations with them on the spectrum of mental health and every way imaginable so when i tell you these individuals are qualified they are qualified so we're gonna get this thing started so number one what to you is the definition of mental and anyone want to jab in there? Or you want me to point out a person and go counterclockwise, <laughs> clockwise, whatever you want me to do, I'm ready. I mean, for me, I think that this is a this is one of those topics that a lot of people put on kid gloves with because they feel like, oh, 
that's a certain group of people. That's like the PTSD people or the bipolar people or the, and the reality is mental health is something that affects everybody. It's not specifically something for those who are diagnosed. While many people here probably are, or the people watching this will be, um, there are people that have to deal with mental health every day, just things like stress and pressure and anxiety. And so mental health is a much bigger animal than just those who are clinically diagnosed with mental health issues. Um, and I think that's why I really love this opportunity to get on and just, you know, deflate it a little bit. It's not such a big, scary beast. We can talk about these things. I'm somebody with PTSD. And whenever I say that and see people go, <gasps> like it's okay it's not contagious you'll be fine we'll get through this it's all right so I, I love that we can treat mental health as something maybe a little bit bigger than some people would consider it before the chat love that um i'll just throw in that like if you have a brain in your noggin you have mental health <laughs> so maybe you don't have a diagnosis and maybe you don't feel like you have ever had any of these buzzwords that get thrown at you anxiety depression ptsd etc etc there's so many titles you have a brain you have some form of mental health happening it's part of your body it's just like everyday health in general and it's a conversation that needs to be a lot more open in my opinion because it's something every single one of us is dealing with and we should all be focusing on just the same as eating healthy or working out or any of those other things that you do for your body, you should be doing those things for your brain as well. Gail. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I, I like Brie, I like your idea of this, you know, if you have a brain, then you have mental health. So it's that for me, it's like the whole idea of where a diet isn't like that you don't eat certain food, like it's not a specific fad, it's not a specific thing, it's whatever you're putting into your body is your diet. So whatever you're doing with your brain is your mental health. So if you're taking care of it, if you're exercising it, if you're giving it the things it needs, that is your mental health. So, and then of course, lack, if you aren't doing those things, then that is also reflective of your mental health. Mm -hmm. I guess I have to close this, right? Uh, for me, mental health, uh, again, I'm tying into kind of what everyone else is saying. Physical health, no one thinks, ooh, ah, ee, god, ah. Emotional health, oh, no, oh, no. no. No one thinks like that, but we say mental health, oh, mm, but why? But why? Like Bruce said, we all have a brain. If you've ever felt stressed in your life, if you ever felt anxiety, if you ever worked 16-hour shift at anything, if you ever had kids or took care of kids for two hours, if you ever <laughs> were stuck in traffic, ever experienced road rage multiple times, ever did a live stream and that whole internet cut on you, you lost everything, or mm -hmm. term paper lost everything, or was trying to finish through college or school or anything like that, then guess <laughs> what, people? You experience things that could impact your mental health. So with that being said, this isn't like, oh, this or that, if I'm not crazy, no, number one, to find that whole crazy thing, throw it out the window. That just shouldn't be said. But mental health is very important. Just like your physical, emotional, it's very vital to our well-being. And if you get your mind right, guess what? You can get your physicalness right, your emotional health right. You can be a more positive person. It's all up in here. So it's not just playing mind games on your phone. It's a lot more to that. And a lot of it is repressed where you're not communicating. But we're going to dive in a little bit more. So I pulled out some stats. Right now, this theme is mental health plus entrepreneurship, just to set the tone. And if people want to skip to whatever this timeline is for this point, 
you can make a company. So here's something that I picked up. I did a lot of research today and I got this. This is from this month. So this is not three years ago. This is not two years ago. This is not six months ago. This is from this month. So collectively, we four in this room or on live right now are uh, four of 582 million people. So that's nearly 8% of the global population who identify themselves in some way, shape or form as an entrepreneur or pursue entrepreneurship tendencies in some way, shape or form. Okay, let that be known. A recent study by the University of San Francisco um, said that approximately one half of entrepreneurs suffer from one, at least one form of mental health condition in their pursuit of goals, success, whatever that success or that threshold line is. To dive a little bit deeper into that, they are twice as likely to suffer from depression, six times more likely to suffer from ADHD, three times more likely to suffer from substance abuse, 10 times more likely to suffer from bipolar disorder, twice as likely to have a psychiatric hospitalization, twice as likely to have suicidal thoughts. Now, this doesn't mean if you're going to jump to the entrepreneurship game, oh God, I can't no more because I'm going to have some mental health issues. But when it comes to being an entrepreneur, there is some pressure. There is some stress. It's your baby. So you're going to have to fit that in. So collectively to this group of amazing individuals, when you're trying to juggle being an entrepreneur or if you're trying to run your own personal brand or build your clientele on social media, whatever that X factor is, can we talk about how balancing that with mental health is so vital for you? And I'll start with Gail first. <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, it's for me. It's a lot easier, um, and I, you know, obviously the balance is important, but um, and not completely fictitious, but unattainable, and um, that imperfectness. <laughs> um, I have three small humans that rely on me to keep them alive, and um, <laughs> so I was asked earlier if I was getting excited about um, having this conversation, and I was like. No, <laughs> because my my head is just splintered in so many different directions, and it was like, um, I you know, there's clients, and there's I have a business. I'm you know, actively if you're hanging out on the Legacy Recorder page, this is my passion work. This is my thing that you know I want to be my my piece. But until that happens, I do consulting and training and coaching and all of these other things in order to make legacy happen, in order to help people have these intentional conversations. Um, and that also means that I'm not always capable of having, um, you know, intelligent, intelli intellectual, intentional conversations because my brain is just a little overloaded. So yeah. during the summer and in the springtime, um, I go, I love being able to go outside and stick my feet in the grass and wiggle my toes in the grass. And um, just being outside is what keeps me grounded and living in Western Pennsylvania, that's a little bit harder in the winter months. Um, so my mental health takes a complete nosedive, you know, around the holidays, which I think if we were to look at stats, that's probably pretty accurate for many people who live in areas where their sunlight is gone. Um, so for me, sunlight is a huge part of that. And now I'm trying to remember if I am answering the question, which I think I am. <laughs> so that's my answer. Okay. Dan, <laughs> what's your take? What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, recap. I threw a lot of stats out there when people who are yeah. mental plus entrepreneurship. Yeah. I just, I and need so to now we're talking about when you're diving into entrepreneurship, 
how do you keep your mental health balanced? Because you're dealing with fear yeah. messing up. This is your baby. You know, you're jumping up and down the ground. You're maybe putting in a lot of hours. Maybe there's that social isolation from not being spent time with your family as much because you're trying to get this off the ground. Can you yeah. kind of tie into that address? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I do a pile of different stuff. For me, my days are long and I do a lot of them. So I, I do 14, 15 hour days, six days a week. Um, but those days are routined and scheduled out like a maniac. So I know hour to hour what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, who I'm doing it with. Wow. And that may sound nuts to you guys, a 14, 15 hour day when it's it's just constantly go, go, go six days a week. But the reality is because it's so slotted and it's so habitual, it, it relieves a lot of the tension and stress that comes along with that. The other thing is I, I'm kind of blessed in having an amazing wife that deals with my seven minions that wander the home. So that aspect of the home is taken care of while I'm here doing the thing that I do. And then professionally, the, the people that I know, these great people here in the boxes around me, but also the people that I work with day in and day out, uh, most of them know who I am in a personal way. They know that I am PTSD. So if I need to step back or tap out from something because of whatever, uh, nobody is sending me a pink slip and saying, you know, that's unacceptable. They understand that I'm the kind of guy that will push myself to breaking point, but they prefer that I didn't break on the job. So if I need to step back, that's there. And I think that's a, whether, whether you're diagnosed or not, I think that's just a healthy thing that we need to be doing more as entrepreneurs is being transparent and being open and really trying to break out of that hustle mentality. So it's great if you've watched a Gary Vee video and you feel like you're hustling like a maniac, fantastic. But also realize that there needs to come a break. There's a reason why Gary's at every New York Jets game. There's a reason why you don't see him do content with his family because he needs that downtime to pull back. So that's the other part of it that I think that really needs to come as entrepreneurs is have that balance, have that schedule, have those habits, but also be willing to be open and transparent when you need to step back. The amazing Bree, your take. So for me, like, I guess it's different because I work a full-time job. So technically what I'm doing is like a side hustle or whatever. And I have a lot going on as well. Personally, I have three stepsons. I have a fiance who runs his own business. So that's busy and chaotic and crazy. And sometimes my stuff gets thrown to the side because it's literally the least important thing like we need to pay the bills so his business takes precedence and for me I guess the main thing with the mental health side of it is like just surrounding myself with really amazing people and knowing that I'm creating an online community of people who just get it so if I schedule a guest and at like half an hour or two I'm like dude this is just not gonna happen and they're like cool hit me up when you're ready. Like they just don't, aren't concerned. They're not like giving me crap or getting mad at me or being like, you're horrible and unprofessional and blah, blah, blah. Because I've surrounded myself with a community online and off that just understands that this is life, right? Like, and these things happen. And sometimes I just know that I'm not going to bring my A game to say my podcast and that's not going to serve anyone. The episode is going to be crappy. The guest is going to feel like they're not getting the, the true thing. And for me, I think it's just knowing that some, I'm not going to bring it. So we're going to reschedule and 
I'm not going to get stressed about that because I'm, the people aren't stressing me out, which I think is probably key. And that's, that's an important thing for people in their social communities and their mental health is like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, yada, yada, yada. All these things can be amazing, but they can also bring you even more anxiety, depression issues, like they can just add to it. So it's, it's knowing that you're like kind of the master of that universe and cultivating a community that just gets you. I've always been super honest about myself and everything. And I always tell my story. And so my community knows who I am and what I'm about. And that's just, it all comes together full circle. So when things and I need to take a break and things aren't gonna go how it the perfect world would like them to go my community just gets it and that that's what's important i think for entrepreneurs is surrounding yourself with a community of people who are right there with you and if you're like i just can't they're like okay that's it no questions carry on <laughs> how do you guys deal with the idea of failure now this all ties into your mind because we all may have what defines success differently. Like your success may, hey, I wanna get $500 today for my education program. Or hey, I want $1,000 for a contract for one hour worth of my strategy and knowledge. Or hey, I want five new clients by this time next month. Whatever that line of success is, how do you deal with, if it doesn't achieve right then, do you tell your mind, okay, well, it didn't happen right now. That doesn't mean it won't happen soon, next week, next year. You just gotta buff it off and keep going. Or is there like a process of, okay, before I get too stressed or full of too much anxiety, I go get my my dog or I go for a run or what's your kind of go-to and Brie, I'm going to tag it back to you this time. Me? Yes, you. Oh, going right back to me. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'm great at failing and getting over it very quickly, but I guess it depends depends what the situation is and I come back to just reminding myself that tomorrow's another day and we'll just try again I I think that I do struggle with it and it's it's sometimes it's really hard and you just like beat yourself down and you're like man I suck okay well that's it I I've failed that's it I'm done <laughs> but then you wake up the next day and you're like okay that was a little bit crazy what can we do to like see where we went wrong and hopefully get some people to help you get some perspective. A lot of the times I'll just say like this happened and whatever on Instagram stories and a bunch of people will be like, Oh yeah, but like you've got this. And then you're like, okay, yeah, maybe I do. Maybe I do. <laughs> Dan. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of failure. I don't know that. that uh, the plug in the podcast, but I don't Yeah, it's a bit of a podcast plug. Uh, so one of the podcasts that I do is Successful Failures. And what I love to do is have entrepreneurs come on and actually share not only their greatest failures, but how they couldn't possibly be where they are today without those failures. Uh, and that's something that I, I know Troy's been on. I haven't had the benefit of these lovely ladies, but the reality is what I find with almost every entrepreneur story, those that are out there hustling, grinding, finding success, even those that may not feel super successful, they've come a long way from where they started. And for me, I've really grown into that understanding that 
I have been, been through some pretty terrible stuff. But I also know that I couldn't be who I am today without it. So I would never wish the hardships that I've been through on another human being. But I also know that I appreciate what happened and it allows me to be who I am now. So in the event that something goes wrong, I set a goal, I don't hit it. Uh, I try to be something or do something and it falls apart. For me, it's always, okay, what did you learn? How did you grow? move forward, share what a big blow up it was with everybody you possibly can. And it's amazing how many other people will go, I did that, or I've done that, or I am currently doing that. Uh, <laughs> and really, you just realize how much more connected people are and that, yes, entrepreneurs are out there and we're all alone and you're in charge and it's all on you. But there's lots of us doing that. And there's a huge community of support that's actually out there. So when things blow up in your face, if you're willing to go, you know, everything just crumbled around me, a lot of people come alongside you and, and help you move ahead and learn from what happened. The one above, Gail, mm -hmm. Okay, on failure. So, <laughs> so I actually have a massive fear of success. Um, and so I, you know, I don't fail on purpose. But um, I definitely have some hangups on, um, I know I could be a lot farther along than I am with stuff. And that's not me being impatient. That's knowing my drive. That's knowing what I'm capable of. And that's knowing that I'm terrified of things working because then I lose control. And, you know, things I'm already like, time isn't my own and, you know, things just it just—it's kind of like a big snowball. Um, so I was chuckling. Um, if anyone's watching the replay, um, I was laughing while um, Troy, you were talking about, um, or someone said something about, you know, really big failures. Well, one of the, in perspective, perception, you know, a really big failure in my life is that I had a baby as a as a teenager. I got knocked up, you know. So that alone in itself is perceived as failure like you know and then having kids there's this thought process of well I, I just have to get them to 18 if I can just get them to get get them to 18 then I've succeeded but I mean really I did you know one of the worst things you could do which was you know do that first so that being said <laughs> once I had kids at seven you know at 17 18 um it was the big my my definition of failure was that if um, was that they would die because beyond that, I didn't know what else I was doing. Um, I didn't know how to, you know, raise them, didn't know what I was doing. So I swear I had a point. The point was anything <laughs> now in business, like I'm, it's just the, it's just the next step in figuring out how all of it works. So it's not, you know, just because I didn't figure out how to potty train them and I had to ask for help. I couldn't figure out how to do this. I couldn't figure out how to do that. Every step along the way, I've had to ask for help to help me learn something. And now that I'm on the other side of things, I'm still asking for help to learn things because raising teenagers is hard and it sucks. <laughs> and then, and then not only that, and not only navigating my own <laughs> mental health as a person, but trying to tra teach them to how to main how to do their stuff and then we ask for help if we can't figure that out so going back to the entrepreneur stuff like my entire life has been one 
step after the other of learning how to get back up, do it over again and see what worked, learn from what didn't and just try harder and try different the next time. So that's my take on it is just like Dan said, take the lessons, take the things, fail epically. It's going to be fine. <laughs> and if you need help, reach out because we're, we're talking, I put in the um, chat about creating communities of people around you that get what's going on in life and it's okay. That comes to that failure part too. So when you screw up really bad and your spouse doesn't understand why it's that big of a deal, your friends don't understand why it's that big of a deal. If you've taken some time to curate a community around you, um, whether it's a mastermind you're in, whether it's a group of friends you co-work with, if it's whatever it is, even if it's just the Twitter sphere where you're throwing out into Twitter, hey guys, I really screwed this up. Someone just tell me it's going to be okay so I can go figure it out and fix it. Because I had to do that last week. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> um, I screwed. I felt like I had screwed something up really, really badly, and, and in the end, it wasn't that big of a deal. And I knew it wasn't that big of a deal, but I needed someone to say, "Gail, you, you know, you know what you're doing." And I like laid out the problem. I was like, "This is what's happening. Like, I'm pretty sure it's going to be okay. This is what I already did about it." <sighs> you know, <laughs> and my teenager tonight, we were dealing with something at home, and she went outside and she stood out on the back porch and she screamed. And then she came back in and she was like, okay, now I'm ready to problem solve this. So <laughs> entrepreneurs, you're sitting in your basements, you're sitting by yourself. It is okay to scream out loud. No one's going to yell at you. So love it. My take so on that. I've been blessed to have intimate conversations with each one of these individuals at various points of my life where it was just like, yo, here's everything. Da -da -da -da, rant, 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 dump, 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 dump. But they're just like, Okay, reading, 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 <laughs> reading, reading. Ooh, ooh, reading, reading. It's gonna be okay, Troy said. They're just like, oh, I feel better now. And I know we are here. We'll hear from our family, our friends, our spouses, our partners, significant others. But sometimes it's good to have kind of that slightly outside the bubble, but still inside the bubble approach. And this is the point of kind of the next step where that Brie kind of tied into mental health plus social media. So we got that split side of social media is bad for your mental health and such we can be good for your mental health. And it's all about this balance. So from what I can tell from what I know about each one of these other amazing three people is that Dan and Gail are more very organized. Not that me and Bree aren't. But we have this little pitch of like, we're kind of fluid. We're more and more like, eh, I'll get to when I get to it. Eh. But either way, we kind of, in our own way, both sides of the coin, kind of keeps our mental psyche in check. Whatever works for you to kind of keep your balance, fine. If you like to have everything organized down to the T so you can kind of predict how successful your day is gonna go based off how much you achieved or whatever your timetable is for your business or for yourself, that's perfectly fine and probably very optimal of your time. And people who like to go kind of go with the flow, that's kind of good too, because that's guess what? If you don't get to all your tasks that day, if you never wrote them down, it didn't count as a failure. So we're all trying to figure this out to make it work, right? So on this kind of push, we're talking about social, let's talk about some of the good in social. But first, before I get to that, I'm gonna plug in this one thing. And I'm gonna, Dan, I'm gonna pass it right to you first. Your, your immediate reaction when I tell you the word no. It's yes. No. Uh, people don't tell me no. 
Uh, well, they can try. They can <laughs> say no, and then I'll just do what I wanted to do anyway. Uh, my kids know, and they hear it frequently from me. My my motto, if I had to have one on the back of my jersey, would be "I do what I want." Uh, and I, I just I love to run with that, and I, I just. People know that I'm always legitimate, I'm always honest, and I'm always transparent, even if I'm being blunt and I'm being harsh and I'm being critical. A lot of the times I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm not a big downer. Uh, I like to be having fun. I like to be doing things that are positive and, and moving it. But when I've got to be a downer, I'll also do that. But when I hear no, it's also got to be yes is the answer. I, I said I was going to do it, so I'm going to do it. Gail? Um, it's, it's a really great boundary word for me. So I, as soon as I hear it, I think of the other side as my ability to say no and to say, no, I'm, I don't need to do that thing. No, I'm going to do this instead. And I don't have to explain why I'm going to do this other thing. And for me, it's just a really great way to have boundaries and be able to say no to PTO stuff, no to soccer, no to things that don't help my family, no to things that impact my kids' ability to, you know, take care of themselves, my husband's ability to take care of himself. Like, we don't have to do all the things. So I I love no for that. Dan, I agree. If someone tells me no on something about personally about what I can or can't do, and they're telling me I can't do it, I'm, you know, I'm flipping them the bird and I'm doing it. So... <laughs> Like, you know, get out of my way and let me show you. Like, hold my beer. So, anyways, that's no. Great. Shared um, common interest, I guess, is none of us are good at being told no. You can tell me no, and I'm going to be like, okay, but I'm going to ask you why it's a no, and you better have a damn good reason, or I'm going to find a way to convince you that it's definitely a yes. <laughs> and when it comes to me personally, like, same as Gail was just saying, like, it's a good boundary word and saying no to things that don't serve my my whole purpose and my my goals, then that's something I've really grown in lately. It's been something I've had to work on. And just knowing, like, these are the things I need to do. And it's a yes for me, but it may be a no for you, for your thing that you want me to do for you, but doesn't serve me at all. And it and it's tricky, especially where I'm at trying to expand things and trying to build the side hustle where you like really want to say yes, because you think you should, you're trying to build this business, this opportunity comes up and it's like, well, it's, it's a paycheck that I didn't have yesterday, perhaps. But Still, I'm. I've learned lately that I still have to say no because it just doesn't serve the, the whole bigger picture, and that's a very, very tricky thing to learn. And it's very, very hard because when you have debts to pay or you want to buy the fun thing, and you know that if you just took that client or that job or that whatever, it would maybe get you one step closer, but it's not serving the bigger picture, and it's very, very difficult. But that's my thing with no is from a personal side of things, learning how to say no more often, even when I really want to say yes, but I know it's not the grand scheme of things. <laughs> right. So tying back to everyone's approach to the word no, if you're the one who wants a yes and you hear a no, 
as Dan and Gabo have kind of pushed, all right, you told me no, but does that mean no, no? Like, when you like, I like you, but do you like me like me? Like, is this like <laughs> a definite never, ever, never call me ever again, email me ever again? No, or like, no, not right now, or no, this is a bad time, or no, I need more people to give me that. Like, if you do it that way, fine. But if it's a hard no, and if you're an entrepreneur, or if you're in business, or even if, you know, we're not trying to just focus on just people in entrepreneurship. If you're in a side of a company and you have a great idea, a great project, and your superiors tell you no, and you have the research, you got the data, you got the backing of the whole squad <laughs> behind you. Shoot, you got Jesus behind you probably. And you're like, here <laughs> it is on the line. And they're just like, no. Now, there's a many ways you could take this. Is it personal? Okay, you just say no because I'm black. You just say no because I'm a woman. Or you just say no because I'm not the CEO. Is that why? Maybe more than likely, it's probably not what you hope, but that's one thing to take it. Or is it no, not right now? And that's where brief points come in. Tell me, don't just don't tell me no. Tell me, give me some ad lib to that. I need to know some things about it. So with us in business, we come into a situation where we are trying to get new clients, or maybe you're trying to get that new job, or you're just trying to get on those projects and get these things done, get a venture capitalist, get you a loan, and they're telling you no, and you feel that first no was like, I guess I'm not going to be successful. I guess my business isn't going to take off. I guess I wasn't meant to do this. Well, here's the thing. And I haven't, I don't know if I posted this one or yet. I don't know. It's been a long day. I always, I said this today that if I heard a million no's, would I be able, and one day, would I be able to say, okay, let me try again to hear that millionth and one no? Because in my opinion, I can hear a million no's in one day, but guess what? There's like seven plus billion people in this world. So the numbers would tell me not seven billion people are going to tell me no. So it is a mind game. Again, back to mental health. How do you receive negativity? How do you receive people telling you no? How do you receive someone closing the door in front of you? That means if this door is closing, okay, well, I'm going to find another door. I'm going to knock on it. I'm going to have an air horn. I'm going to see if this one opens. I'm going to try again. So, Dan, this next question is for you. When it comes to social media, and you're, let's, let's go back before the millennial maniac, awesome man that you are kind of became what it was, before you did public speaking, if I'm not mistaken, about a year plus ago and things like that. How did you get to this point in yourself that you were comfortable to talk about yourself in a very personal note online? Uh, I guess I've always been that way where I, I just – I never was so invested in what other people thought. Uh, I would rather have always put myself out there and taken the opportunity uh, than held back and regret it afterwards. I think I learned that very young, like 12, 13, maybe 14, where I had two very clear choices heading into junior high, high school of I can be really shy and really just to myself and let other people tell me what I'm going to be. Or you can just make a simple decision and do what you want. Uh, and I obviously preferred the latter. <laughs> so for, for me, it was just that conscious decision of uh, I know that by putting myself out there, by, by being open, by being transparent, by being vulnerable, uh, it actually makes people appreciate that. And, and they're much more relatable. Uh, they, they want to have interaction with you because they go, oh, I, I feel like this person's not just putting on a show. I feel like this person's actually being who they are and I'm willing to let down some of my walls as well. So uh, I get along really well with introverts because I was one for a long time and I, I was very much in my own space. Uh, but extroverts can't tell the difference between me and them either. 
so it's kind of that nice place when you make that conscious decision. Now, there are days where I'm not on my A game and that's not the, you, you won't see me doing live videos on those days. Uh, I'll, I'll disappear for a day or a week at a time if things just aren't clicking because I need that space to figure out everything and be able to come back into it. But for the most part, it's about be open, be transparent, be humble because people appreciate it. Gail? I was really enjoying what Dan was saying and then I was responding to <laughs> Scott. So can we like, can you give me a bottom line question again? When it comes to social media, let's go back to, you know, the lecture quarter, how it got started. You know, you met Jessica and everything. How did you get comfortable enough to talk about yourself in a very deep way on social media? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, Is it me? Is it me, y'all? Is it me? No, man. Oh, man. Um, so I'm, <laughs> spoiler alert, I'm still not comfortable. So, gosh. I, like, shocker. I know, right? Um, so I'm doing this whole month of August. I'm doing um, almost, almost daily lives. I have not managed to do it on the weekends, um, but daily lives on grief and um, my thoughts on grief and, um, like how the how grief has impacted my life my journey with it and you know all the things which you know um three four years ago me would not start a conversation off with hey by the way i got knocked up like <laughs> you know, like it's just not how you know it, especially you know anyone who's local who's watching this it's not the way you start a conversation around here it, right. i've had people not work with me because I was raised Catholic. I've had people not work with me because I'm female. I've had people not work with me because I had a baby out of wedlock. Never mind that we're still married and we have three kids. So there's um, that vulnerability part and being on social media. Holy crap. That took me a really long time. So from, I started working on, I've been in the online space, working online, you know, coaching online, ghostwriting. I've been doing that for over 10 years. But as far as social media goes, I didn't really exist before 2016 beyond my personal Facebook profile, partially because I didn't need social media to, at the time, to get business. I didn't, you know, it just wasn't a thing. Anyhow, when I started Legacy, um, it was, it's, I'm basically going online and making people sad <laughs> and convincing them <laughs> that they need to, and this is what Legacy is. So I'm, and yes, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging people with hope and, you know, fostering human dignity. And there's these really great positive um, pieces of what I do, but a lot of it is getting on and being vulnerable with my sadness, being vulnerable with um, depression and being able to say that quite literally, you know, social media was good for me because blab, rip blab, I, in no uncertain terms, saved my life. Yeah. And there isn't any two ways about it. So fall of 2015 was like, it was, it was bad. Okay. And that is when I found Blab and I found this really incredible woman, um, Lori Webb. She lives in Copenhagen and um, she did the Blab 168. So if anyone's watching and they remember that um, she and I did a, she did a picture shit basically in the middle of the night, um, American time. And I got on and gave her this idea of, I wanted to go and write letters with the elderly in these care facilities because they were dying alone. 
in en masse in anonymously in the where I live. And um and she was like, Hey, do you think you really need another volunteer gig? And I said, No, I don't. <laughs> I have three kids and I'm a Girl Scout leader and a whole bunch of other crap. I don't need another one. She's like, <laughs> she's like, I think there's a there's probably a business here. Let's see if we can figure it out. And she spent the next 60 minutes with me and we built out a business plan. And it is the business plan that I have currently. It's what I've been working on since 2015. And um, I've licensed the first iteration of a, the corporate version of the program um, just in the last few months. And so it's it's been a very social media. I have what I have because of social media, which is the bottom line of that. And there's also then there's the bad parts. It's figuring out, you know, how I don't share stuff, a lot of stuff about my kids. Everything's private. I've chosen not to have my kids on my Instagram feed. When I turned my once personal Instagram feed to a um, business one, I deleted all of my kids' photos. So I've been like careful about um, what I'm putting out there while still trying to be vulnerable. And that is a line that I run along every day. So I feel like I talked for a long time, so. <laughs> what am I answering here exactly? <laughs> okay, I'll make a note every time now to just kind of like add the question in. Like we'll put them on the screen, and while everyone's talking, I'll just put the question in. Okay, that's what we'll do next. Okay, time. not bad. Just, just <laughs> um, so going back to. Um, maybe before even Amazing Human Podcast was a thing. And, you know, one of these days I'm going to get a hoodie swag. I'm going to, like, get one of those because it was pretty dope back in the day. It's the new logo. I'm, I'm loving it. But I digress. The conversation for oh, another yeah. day. Like <laughs> blood, like blood. Um, for you, when it came to social media, how did you get – I mean, for y'all who don't know, Brie was, like, low-key, like a queen of Snapchat at some point. But y'all just – and again – Conversation for another day. Um, so diving back into social for you back in the day, how long did it take you to kind of be so open with your with your audience and future audiences about who you are and what you identify as on social media? I guess um, a lot of, so Blab for sure brought me out of my shell. We keep talking about this platform and people are probably a lot are like, what are you even talking about? But it was very much what you're looking at right now. And it was honestly amazing because you could hop on and I really thrive in like this sort of environment where there's like other people who you can bounce things off of and other people who can hop in if you don't know what to say or you're stumbling over your words or whatever. So Blab was amazing for that and like teaching me and I just listened to so many conversations and I would watch other conversations and then people would bring me in and sometimes I would just sit there be like, yeah, yep, yep, cool, yep. <laughs> and I wouldn't really say much, but I was getting comfortable with like seeing myself on the screen and like picking up different little things that I do and what other people are doing anyway and then snapchat came out and snapchat was very um like what's the word I'm looking for here like it was very in itself right like you weren't broadcasting to anything it was only to your people and it was like hard to be discovered so at first like I put myself on Twitter. I'm on this platform. Gary V keeps talking about it. So here I am. <laughs> and, 
then like some of my Twitter followers came over there and I was just like, Hey, what's up? And you just like the rest of us, I'm sure you guys know exactly how this went. <laughs> the beginning, you're just like so stupid and saying the most random things. And there was no real goal, but slowly the community built and people would want to know more things. And then you would be having conversations privately in the DMs or whatever. And then those people, those conversations would go over to your story and you would be like oh maybe I should talk about these other things because clearly it's resonating so it's just it's a very slow build and you're obviously not gonna hop on a Facebook live and be a rock star like some of those these people out here like even still the amount of time I spend on these friggin things I still think I suck like I still go down here and I'm like oh what am I doing what is happening <laughs> so I just honestly think that you have to have a little bit of humility about yourself and a little bit of just like laugh it off. Like nobody's judging you the way you're judging you. So just sort of look at your fumbles and your stupid things that you do like me with my damn hands, like always <laughs> and just like laugh about it. You can't be so serious. These platforms are it's at the end of the day. It just is what it is. This'll exist for forever or on some platforms like Instagram, it only lasts for 24 hours. You can always delete it. So really, I don't know. You just got to put yourself out there and slowly you get over it, I guess, or you just learn how to deal with it. And some days you watch videos back and you're like, Ugh, that is the worst thing <laughs> of all time. But what are you going to do about it? It's out there. So it is what it is. Would you all say, um, you know what? So we're at almost the 45 minute mark. And so mm -hmm. I'm going to do a lightning round where I have an actual timer. Oh, and no. I'm set to a minute. And when it goes off, <laughs> I'm go to the next part. <laughs> okay. Only because I want to see how much we can do. And, you know, again, mental health is this humongous umbrella. By this point, if you've watched, 45 minutes in, you should feel like we're family now, guys. We uncovered so much stuff that you probably didn't think, well, I didn't know who was going to talk about that. I didn't know someone was going to mention that. We're family now. So welcome, welcome. Um, and again, all these people are going to pop up their podcasts, slashes are doing, um, Twitter chats they're doing in the comments below and in an article. If you want to just follow us along, I mean, that's cool too. But here's something to take away from a social standpoint with mental health is community. You, they've all talked about, talk about, oh, I don't want a big following. Because guess what? If you lose your job or you're having a baby or something traumatic happens in your life, a, you know, a loved one passes away or this happens or that happens, followers don't care. Followers will disappear like this. But community, so-and-so hasn't been here while I'm going to check on them. They may text you. They have your number. They may DM you. They may give you a video call. They may even send you a letter. They have your address even to your work or to your personal. Why? Because they miss you. They're working as <laughs> And I want to check up on that person. So, yes, you can have really strong. I'm pretty sure like 99, 95% of my current friendships are like online based. Yes, mom. See, I do have a lot of friends who come through for me in the clutch. I just wish y'all was in person. <laughs> we could like in person. If I could just get a teleporter and just 
snappy guys here or just go to Canada. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'd have a lot of fun. But I'm we're really close, okay so <laughs> I know, right? Y'all are so cool. I just whatever. It was beautiful. Okay, I'm getting off topic here. I'm getting off topic here. So okay, so our lightning round. I'm not even gonna go on what I was talking about here. So number one, and this time who wants to go first? Raise your hand. <laughs> Dan, of course. So all right. So um Dan, someone who gets on social media for the first time, what's your advice to them in a minute? And go. <laughs> I get a whole minute? Yeah, no. <laughs> First time on social media, listen, watch, and learn. You're gonna find people that you just resonate with right off the bat. Whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, doesn't matter. You're gonna see this constantly flowing feed of things and things are gonna resonate, they're gonna pop out. Just listen, enjoy it, engage with it if you want to, if you're bold enough to type in, but listen. You're gonna find out very quickly who you are and what your community is by listening, more so than you spewing all over the platform. Wow. Done. With 25 seconds to spare. So, wow. all right. Oh, this is a speed competition. <laughs> okay, Brie Palmer. So, here we go. Here we go. Let me reset my, my timer here. All right. Um, this is your question. As an amazing female, powerful, girl power, awesome person, when it comes to social media, how have you been able to find likewise individuals to kind of build that rapport up through social media channels? Um, I think a lot of it, honestly, is what Dan just said, listening and paying attention and watching other people. And you'll either resonate or you won't resonate. It's pretty simple. You're going to find your, your vibe attracts your tribe is totally a thing. And whatever you're putting out is what's going to come back. So I've put out those vibes, like you say, girl power, whatever. And I've, I've attracted that back. And I've just, I pay attention to who's being promoted or who other people are talking about and then I go creep them for a little while and I decide if they're my people as well and then I say a few things on Twitter or I get in their Instagram comments and then slowly it builds and then you get into the DMs eventually and then you build that relationship. It's a very slow process. It's just like in real life. You're not going to walk up to someone on the street and be besties in a snap. It's the same thing online. You just start slow and build it up and then eventually you find amazing humans in this world. <laughs> wow, you hit it exactly on the nose. One minute. Oh, man. It's all, all those right. Instagram all stories, right. all those 15 seconds oh, at a time. <laughs> like this. All right, Gail. My dear Gail. Oh, dear. <laughs> For you, how do you juggle? And you kind of already talked to this, but if there's more you can elaborate on, fine. How do you juggle being a mompreneur? Um, and why right <laughs> i mean i i mean i don't um okay. because um i feel like so when we're juggling our balls in the air like it's you got a one percentage so your hands always have holding one ball at a time while you're juggling and the other ones are in the air right which means there isn't any weight on any of the other balls that's not real life the weight is on everything. Like you're carrying around your plates. What are you, whatever analogy you want to use, there is weight on everything. So there's weight on my shoulders all the time for all the pieces that I'm trying to hold together. And it's kind of like carrying around this really big puzzle by myself. 
And um, that's when I, well, that's when things get really hard is when you're trying to carry your puzzle around without any support underneath, without, ask, without asking for help, without asking for help with the weight. And so that's how I juggle. I find, I outsource what I can. I help figure out um, who can help me where and what will bring them joy <coughs> and what will bring, um, you know, cause I don't ever want, I don't want to do things I don't want to do. And I don't want to ask people to do things they don't want to do or don't make them happy because they're all carrying their own weight. Everyone's carrying their own weight. But if we can figure out how to shift and get the plates to hang out together and touch <laughs> and stack our cards together, then, um, you know, then juggling doesn't feel like juggling anymore. It's like, we're all holding hands and walking together. Awesome. Awesome. Hmm. So okay. analogies, I apologize. It's fine. I love the time. That was one of those moments where I'm going to go, Kale, what the heck were you doing? <laughs> that made no sense. That made total sense. <laughs> we got you back, Kale. We got Whatever. You. <laughs> so here's a topic that we all can attest to on both sides. Um, is this mirror of what social media makes us look like. People see our social... I see Dan's awesome, amazing ability to just, just crank out video replies like nobody's business with a freaking awesome background and just kill yeah. it. It seems like he always knows exactly what to say and how to say it to just get in there. Bree, mm -hmm. just like just show up and just show out with your swag and your style. I wish I had that, but I know I don't have it. Um, Gail, you have like this way to kind of just break down norms. And though you say you're you don't think you're that good online, but yeah, you crank out daily content on like one of the hardest topics ever yeah. to talk about ever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. It's this reality that they see us with maybe a certain level of followers or Brie could tweet something or Dan could tweet something. And then like these top verified accounts can like respond like, Oh, you got those connections like that? Oh, you have like drink parties with them, or you are on the inside Illuminati of social media club or something. <laughs> All we did was grow and establish communities and be ourselves, be transparent, work hard to get the face of whoever we're trying to get to, and nurture that relationship when we manifest online and then quit. Now here we are. So <coughs> when we're dealing with that. And especially for entrepreneurs. Well, that entrepreneur just bragged about getting 10 more clients and I haven't gotten one. Well, we don't know the type of clients they're trying to pursue, the amount of money. Maybe you're trying to pursue a client that's worth 10 and his clients, why he has 10, that's why you only have one. So let's think about that and take things away. So again, lightning ground here, but this is the same question for everybody. And who wants to go first on this one? I will. Okay, briefly. I'll do it. All right. So when it comes to social media, how do you handle looking at it and seeing, okay, this person looks, or this group of individuals seem like the grass is always greener on the other side, visual approach, and still digest this thing to still be positive within yourself? And go. Um, I think I've always been really realistic about it. I think I've always known that there's a highlight reel and people are just trying to show their best of the best and that secretly life is not sunshine and roses for anyone ever so i think you just have to be honest with yourself you know that in your own personal life your closest friends your family whatever everyone has crap going on everyone has their stuff so 
clearly so do these people on the internet who look like life is dandy and then too like there are articles that go out that's like xyz influencer couldn't sell so many shirts or whatever or xyz influencer is now bankrupt because they spent all their money that they didn't actually have on these lavish vacations so whether those articles are true or not or whatever's going on there it that just is things you should look out for because clearly it's not what may people make it out to be and there's obviously a lot of bs so you just got to sort of filter your way through the bs and find the amazing authentic real life human beings out there on the internet and there's a whole bunch of them so search for those people and don't worry about the, the other nonsense all the highlight reels and the people who don't talk about anything else but their highlight reel that's just not what i want in my world so just be realistic about it i guess Hashtag filter through the BS. For sure. For sure. And here's a test, you guys. If you see this person on social media, we'll see if you meet them in person, whether at a conference, a community setting, or whatever, and see if they're the same person off this screen. Hmm. If they are, that's a real one. If they're not, well, you know, they're fake and phony and just did everything for the gram and likes. And <coughs> so, Dan, what's your take on evaluating the community on social media and seeing? the grass is green on the other side approach to knowing who you are as yourself. Yeah. For, for me, the big thing has always been just being myself. So I, I share my wins and I share my failures. Uh, past couple of weeks have been a, a huge roller coaster where uh, my business partner unexpectedly passes away in a fire followed by the birth of a child followed by I'm back at it. And today I'm filming live with Winnie's son. And it's just like, <laughs> and I think that if you can if you can pop into somebody's feed and see that insanity of a roller coaster that is life, you're in a good place. And those are real people that you can connect with. And often you can tell because you'll engage and they'll engage back. Um, yeah, I, I think if you show up and everything's sunshine and rainbows and and unicorn poop, like it's a big red flag. Uh, and I think the other side is true. If you show up and everything looks like it's falling apart for somebody all the time, I I question that sometimes too, where um, there, there seems to be a lot of attention around just being critical and being negative. And that may not necessarily be the best place for you to dwell either. So really just look for people that when you scroll through, is everything perfect? No. Things go wrong. Kids walk in. Dogs walk in. Things are falling off of shelves. It's never perfect. It Be suspect of what's perfect, for sure. Gail, your point on deal with everything else across the board. Grass green on the side. Not really. I know who I am. I know who my community is. Your, your thoughts. Oh, so... <laughs> This one's like, mm. <laughs> sounds like it's like a whole other hour segment. I feel this, this, is like, this is a whole other live stream. <laughs> like, come on. Um, I mean, most because mostly I think about like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I pretty much like vomit everywhere. Like whether things are good or bad. <laughs> 
and 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 I'm you know legacies like type of like I get to talk about all the good things I get to talk about all the bad things and um I I've you know created a brand I've created a company that I can really like just be myself all the time and um the like and giving people that space to you know be where uh, this is what my this is how my mom puts it we're a come as you are party so I don't tend to follow people who are not a come as you are party. If I'm expected to look a certain way, if I'm expected to speak a certain way, if I'm expected to, you know, basically be anything other than who I am in a regular normal day, um, I'm not going to hang out with you. I'm not going to follow you. I'm not going to work with you um, just because I, you know. I have other things to do. Um, so as far as like looking at things in the feed and stuff, oh my gosh, like that's a whole live stream on mental health just in there. Because if you I'm spend enough time day. going through online, like you could, I can get depressed just looking at it going crap. Like, well, if I, I didn't do that today, so this isn't going to happen or, you know, that didn't happen. So what's tomorrow going to look like? And blah, 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 blah. Like, all we can do is what we're doing today. And that, oh, I mean, yeah, the grass is greener, but you know, you're growing your grass. So let them like grow, that. let them grow yeah, their grass. Like you're that. growing your grass. Add in there, people. Add that in there. Keep growing your grass. Cut it, keep skin. watering it, keep you know, planting your flowers. Yeah, I'll, start, everyone. I'll start, I'll pass it down to your <laughs> thoughts, your final takeaways. And I guess final takeaway. Here's my final takeaway on this, guys. Uh, diagnosed or not, mental health is part of your day in and day out. Okay. And anybody putting up that shell that everything is right is all the time, it's not going to work. It's not going to work in the long term for them. It's not going to work as far as you building a relationship with them. Just, just be real. <laughs> it's, it, it's honestly that simple and it's simple in the way that it's, it's simple to say in practice, it can be a lot harder on those rough days. Uh, it's real easy to do on those amazing days where you're like, I win, I win at everything and it's awesome and get out of my way. But on the hard days, it can feel rough, but the more that you learn to be open and honest and just say, today sucks. Today's like, uh, what's that? The kid's book The this is a terrible, awful, no good, rotten bad day really bad day <laughs> really bad day right the moms in the house are like yeah i got this um <laughs> no, but it, the reality is the more often that you can do that you can just be honest be open and share that with the people that you have digital relationships with the people that you have real world relationships with professional personal the more that you can do that uh the better off you're going to be in the long run it, it when you try to just put on this facade you don't help anybody Facts. Real talk. Hmm? Marie, final thoughts? My final thoughts would just be to really check in with yourself and make sure you take the, that time every once in a while. Go have the bath. Go take a walk outside. Go watch a Netflix show. Go watch a movie. Go do the thing that you want to do that's just for you that'll give you a minute to like come down from it all because this this thing can get crazy and if you're trying to build a side hustle or you're trying to be an entrepreneur or you're trying to do whatever you're trying to do, <laughs> it, 
and you're in this social media space, it looks like people are always go, 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 go. But let me tell you, like over the past couple of months, I have binge watched six seasons of the show Parenthood. So let me tell you, I take my time. Okay. <laughs> so you got to do your thing and like, just take a few minutes. Your brain matters too. And you got to stop and relax and remember to take vacations and do things for yourself or with your family or whatever you want to do that you absolutely love and you don't take time for. Just take a few minutes every single day for something to give yourself a little bit of a break and just just reflect a little bit and make sure that you're doing okay and reach out if you're not because people out there love you and we want you in this world. So just remember to check in. So since this is the Lex record, I'm going to let Gail go last. This is her baby. So I'll just share my final thoughts real quick. Number one, I love these amazing individuals as my sisters and brother. Um, they've been a lot to me, especially these past like year and a half. Like y'all like, wow, look at fine chore. Fine chore wasn't a thing. It really wasn't a thing two years ago. It really wasn't. And finally, you see now digitally wouldn't be where it is without each one of these individuals at that. So I'm just gonna say that. My final thoughts is that just because you haven't been diagnosed with anything doesn't mean you don't have something. And if you, again, as I said before, if you if you ever had stress, if you ever felt depressed, if you ever got angry, that's something where you have to deal with it, just like your physical. If you never been diagnosed with diabetes, but if you eat a lot of sugar, um, you probably shouldn't. So don't <laughs> wait till things stop working in your head and now you're like, I have a mental health problem. It's not like that. It's about just promoting that. Don't make the, the stigma of, oh, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with all of us. We're human. So, I mean, good Lord, there's, there's something wrong with all of us. And that makes us all united. So we shouldn't be divided. And I don't know why I was rhyming with that last part, but it sounded pretty cool. Sounded great. I also want to say really quick that social media is a good platform, is a good gateway to get whatever is inside of you out. Obviously, as us who are doing social media work, there's filters you have to add on in there, depending on who you're talking to, your audiences. But conversations like this, we probably have Zoom conversations incognito, personal, one-on-one, -on -one, where we're just like, tell them how it is, you know? And you need to find your tribe. You need to find that group of individuals who will just straight up listen to your rant for a good 20 minutes, and at the end be like, okay. And then you run another note, and okay. And then we take turns. That's how we get through life, all right? And we're all trying to make it. We look like we're successful today. Fake it till you make it. I don't believe in that. But be <clears throat> brain's going too fast. Relish in the success. But when it comes to failure, don't dwell on it too much. Learn from it and keep going and surround yourself with people who will get you back out there and keep motivating. So, Gail, you're up. Final thoughts. Um. So I'm going to take the legacy, Ben, which is you are allowed to feel all the feelings. You're allowed to feel sad. You're allowed to feel mad. You are allowed to feel all the things. My personal experience with that is if you find that you can no longer feel anything else besides one thing, then you might want to find someone else to talk to besides the loop that's going on in your head. I have mental loops I can't close and they tend to make me crazy and make me sad and then I go and I find some help and I say, listen, I have this mental loop. I can't fix it. I need help. Walk me through this. Talk with me. And um, sometimes it's being able, you know, when we reach out for help, 
not everyone's going to know how to respond to that. Not everyone's going to know the right way to help you. So finding people who are walking some of the same paths with you, who know the same words you do, you guys are using the same vocabulary, so that when you say a word, a trigger, you know, we, I'm not going to call it a trigger word, but a word, like a keyword, that they their brain can go, oh, that's what they need. I know they need that. Regardless of what situation you're in, if you're not able to reach out over text, if you're in a situation and you recognize that you're starting to get to a point where you need help, find someone who knows you and loves you and work through it together. So that's my legacy bent is finding ways to have conversations with each other um, that you're able to use the words that other people understand and know about you and share that information with them. I have people in my life that they know that they can come to me. And because I'm a come as you are party, it doesn't matter if you're mad, sad, glad, or ecstatic. Mm-hmm. We can have a conversation and talk about whatever it is that's going on. So I'm really glad everyone came today. Thanks for coming. And for everyone who watched the live, woohoo! And if you're watching the replay, woohoo! We <laughs> love that you're here. Feel free to answer in the comments. Um, any of the questions, we want to hear your responses. And uh, yeah, Troy, do you want to close out? <laughs> or do you want me to close out? I can continue closing. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Okay. Do it, fine. All right. So we're at the Legacy Recorder. We just talked about mental health. Can and more. The, the, and and more. the discussion doesn't end here, everyone. No. If you want this to happen again, let us know. Guess what? You can also conversate with us individually in our DMs, you know, slide right in. Um, <laughs> you'll find us pretty easy. We're pretty social people, so you'll find us right away. It'll be in the article, be in the comments below, tag us, comment. We can have more one-on-ones. This is the great legacy recorder with Gail. I mean, she's amazing. So if y'all need to do something, go talk to her. Dan has his all amazing little podcast and VidCon on Twitter. I mean, good Lord, Bree, girl, what are you not doing? I mean, goodness. But again, that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be see you guys next time. So Peace. Love you. Later. Bye. Bye.